Hello, Encounter students. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on this first Wednesday night of 2021. I wish we were able to join in person, but keep up to date because we will be joining in person in the foreseeable future. So make sure to stay up to date on all those things you follow, you like, you subscribe, um, you share the different things on social media in order to keep up to date yourself and help others keep up to date with everything that's going on in Livonia Church of God and Encounter Student Ministry. So before we get into the message tonight, I wanna to take a minute and I wanna just be able to connect with God. So I encourage you to pray along with me that God would illuminate our hearts to his word. Jesus, we just thank you for your presence tonight and we thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you that you are moving and you are working on our behalf, that you are speaking to us, that you are challenging us, Lord. And God, I just pray that tonight, Lord, you would give us direction, that you would give us purpose. God, that you would give us a point in life, Lord, and I pray that your word, God, would illuminate our hearts, God, that it would convict us, that it would challenge us, Lord, and ultimately we would be encouraged to follow you even deeper and even closer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you know anything about me or have a close relationship, you'd know that um, I am an avid voice messenger. I really like the convenience of instead of texting someone or you know even calling them to send voice message. I send voice messages way more than I text my friends or um, I send a voice message way more than I call anybody. And I, find, I love the convenience of being able to get into my car or walk down the street or do something really fast where I just get to hold the button, swipe it to, to lock in the voice message and just to be able to talk and to rant. And so like, if you're a close friend of mine, chances are you've gotten at least one voice message in my life. Um, we just had this, I just had this crossroads um, with Samuel because I voice messaged him when I was walking in, in New York last week and he said, this is the first voice message I've ever gotten ever. And I think that was really defining of our friendship because if he was close enough to me, then he probably would have got more before. Uh, more messages at that point, but I think maybe that's relevant. But now we're on the right page and the right path in our friendship. But I voice message my friends so much and they respond so much in voice messages that I begin to kind of really understand their quirks that, are, that come along with voice messaging. I love it because it's very raw, it's very in this moment. Um, and I've learned a lot of the quirks. Like for example, um, Haley, uh, me and her just recently had started voice te uh, texting to make plans or, or whatever really quickly. And what Haley does is her voice messages are like one minute and 30 seconds, two minutes max. Um, Cassidy also, for example, she always whispers in her like voice messages. It always sounds like she's being so quiet. It always sounds like she is just speaking in the lowest tone she can. So I know like, if it says you have a voice message from Cassidy or an audio message, I gotta find my AirPods, I gotta put them in, I gotta put my volume in full blast because I will not be able to hear her. And all you'll hear is like a little mouse speaking and then all of a sudden she'll start laughing and you, you're just lost. It's like you might as well just have her text you. Um, but the person that I voice message really the most in my life is one of my best friends from Lee, um, her, she's a very nice lady, her name's Ashley, and we find ourselves voice messaging back and forth basically all day, every day, probably for the past, oh gosh, it's been over maybe a year and a half at this point we're going on. And we are um, very avid and become professional voice messengers with one another. And our voice messages is relationship is probably very different than everybody else's. My messages 
um, range anywhere from five, six, seven, all the way up to 18 minutes. And the same thing with her, like we will send each other marathon messages. Like they may be broken up into five, six minute increments, but we're gonna message for an hour. Uh, some morning she wakes up to about 30 minutes worth of messages. And then at some point in my day, I have 30, 45 minutes of messages that we have to um, filter through and we'll text back. We have running lists, we have quote books that we have. Um, but what I've noticed between us is that in talking about work, in talking about life, in sharing a story, there's this thing and this quote that inevitably pops up between us. It is somewhere in the midst of it. It's normally around the five, six, seven minute mark of us talking in a message. It goes, wait, what was the point? What was the point of what I was saying? What was the point of the story? What was the, the point of, of the advice I was giving you? What's the point of it? And the truth is, in the clutter of everything, we often lose the point. And so I want to ask you a question tonight of, have you ever wondered, what's the point? What's the point? Have you ever had this deep wondering of going, what is the point of everything that we're going on? Maybe, maybe you look back at 2020 and we finally survived that year in its, its, its season and in its title, but maybe you're asking yourself, what was the point? What was the point of a pandemic? What was the point of political unrest? What was the point of social unrest? What was the point of, of locking down? What was the point of everything that we've had to face? And maybe it's caused you to ask the bigger question. What's the point of life? What's the point of living? What's actually the point of why we're here? And at your age, you begin to ask the lifelong question of what is the point? What am I supposed to do? What is the, the relevance of my life? What should I give my time to? What should I give my emotions to? What should I give my, my money to? What should I give my attention, my aspirations, my, my energies? What is the point? And maybe in the past year, in 2020, um, it was the start of a new decade, which is always kind of an even more exciting transformation and always such a more exciting experience because it allows us to bring forth even more aspirations. And maybe in 2020, and maybe even right now in 2021, you've established some more aspirations to grow, maybe to grow in life, maybe to grow in skills or to grow into working and building a career. Maybe it's a, you wanna grow in relationships or or grow in romance, but now you ask yourself, what does anything of this matter? What's the point of any of those things? And you see, I think COVID has really pushed us to ask this question of what's the point? Because previously, uh, a lot of people used to work, and we used to work really, really hard to be able to work and make enough money so that we can go home and, and sit and watch Netflix and, and enjoy time all by ourselves. But now we're sitting at home watching Netflix way too much, and we just want to get back to work. We want to just be able to go out. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, that tension of, of wanting to um, be in a group of people and, and hanging out with a group of people and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is too much. I don't want to be around people anymore. I'd rather be home. I'd rather just be sitting on the couch by myself. But now we spend so much time all by ourselves that now we're really wanting people. 
it really does show the fickleness of human nature. It really does show the fickleness of, of ourselves and our minds and our, our emotions because we so often get so distracted and want the very other thing that we have because so often in the clutter of everything that is being established, we ask ourselves, what's the point? What is the point? What should my focus be in life? And to shed some light in this, I uh, the other night I watched a TV show that had a lawyer, and it was a it was an, obviously it was an actor, he wasn't a lawyer, but he such a strong actor that it it really inspired my thinking, and I was really inspired and encapsulated by him as a lawyer. And so I want to take a moment and probably put myself in that role to like to boost some of my acting experience, and I want to see if there's anyone that is adequate enough, a candidate that is worthy to answer the question, what is the point of life? And now you, you may be thinking, okay, we're going to talk about Jesus and Jesus is going to be on the stand. And, and, and of course, but you know, I want to bring maybe an unexpected person, an unexpected suspect to answer this question. I want to bring in a rich man. I want to bring in a man of prominence and, and a man of power. I want to bring in a man of a prestige, a man that is the wealthiest man in history. It is said and it is believed that, that his wealth would have equivalent, uh, he, um, had the equivalence of trillions of dollars nowadays. This man had wives more numerous to, um, in an incomparable amount, a countless amount of wives, a man that seems to have lived a life the best way. And if uh, you're, you're asking yourself, who is this man? This man is known as Solomon. And if you know anything about Solomon, Solomon is known as the wisest man on earth aside from Jesus because God gave him one, one opportunity to have anything in life. And this man said, I want to have wisdom. I want to have the wisdom of, of life. I want to have the most wisdom. So I want to take a minute and I want to call Solomon to the stand. Now, as he walks in the door and he goes to take his seat on the stand, I want you to remember exactly who this man is. This man has had more sex than we can imagine. This man has more money than we could ever imagine. This man has had more life experiences than we could imagine. This man has more exploration. This man has searched and dove into different ideologies and different religions. This man has experienced all the vices and all of the temptations that we could ever wish, hope, or expect to experience. This man truly should know what the point of life is. So... Let's take a minute and ask Solomon, what is the point of life? What is the meaning of why we are here? And here's how he would, he would explain, and here's how he would give his answers. In Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14, and we'll hold off on 14 for a minute, he says that this is the whole story. Here is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. Fear God, obey his commands. Fear God, obey his commands. That's what Solomon leaves us with this, this evening. Fear God, follow his commands. Is, is that it? And Solomon says, it's, here's my final conclusion. Fear God, obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. What is the point of life? Fear God, keep my commands. 
So maybe you've heard this before. Maybe I've sat in enough church services. I've been to enough churches. I've heard enough preachers from young to old. I've heard enough church people from young to old to have heard this term, fear God. And and so often God is uh, spoken of and preached of in this connotation that we are supposed to be afraid of him, that this is this big, strong source of energy that can take you out in a breath. We're supposed to live our lives in in awareness of the bigness and the vastness and the power of God and obey his rules and commands. But you see what Solomon is talking about, and, and I believe wholeheartedly that Solomon is correct. He is correct in his time and he is correct today. But thousands of years before Jesus, they meant those words, fear God and and keep his commands, meant a little bit different before, but they mean something totally different now after Jesus has walked the earth. You see, Solomon is right, but the world would change after Jesus' revival. You see, Jesus is known as the one who became sin, who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He is the one that has lived a life purely sinless, purely faultless, purely right before God. He was mocked, he was beaten, he was killed on a cross for my sin. The face of God turned away from him. He took the judgment in my place and he rose again in victory now, seated and ascended at the right hand of the Father, advocating for you and me. He took our place of judgment And we took his place of righteousness. So yes, the purpose of life is to, number one, fear God and to keep his commands. Now, Solomon is off the stand, but Solomon ends the book of Ecclesiastes with saying this. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. That's terrifying. God The God, the big, strong God that can take us out like this, vast in power, vast in majesty, will judge us for everything that we do, including every secret thing, everything known, everything unknown, whether good or bad. Now, that is terrifying. Strikes fear in my heart. But I have some good news tonight. The great Redeemer has come. Jesus came and God has judged Jesus for every public and secret thing for me. Good news today is that that although that Solomon's words were right, God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. The good news today under the reign of Jesus and under the sovereignty of Jesus and under the sacrifice of Jesus is that this great redeemer has come and he came so that God will judge him for every public and secret sin, every offense, every unrighteousness, every failure that I would have, every failure that you would have. And he did this for me. And so although Solomon is right, fear God and keep his commands, now there's a twofold point of life that has changed and shifted. Number one, fear God is no longer about fearing God's wrath and anger, but it is walking in awe of God. No longer is fearing God wrapped up in being afraid of his anger and his judgment, but now it is wrapped up in being in vast awe and in wonder of God. Number two, 
Keeping commands now is no longer about doing it all right and keeping everything in a line and keeping all the rules and having all of the events and keeping all of the festivities and, and not going to the bad places, not saying the bad words and not seeing the bad people and not interacting with the wrong experiences. It is not about that, but it is truly now purely about walking with God. Keeping his commands has turned in from a rule book to having relationship. So what is the point of life? It is to take in the awesomeness and the wonder of God. And the two is to take steps with him daily. If you ever felt like me, so many days have felt meaningless. I look back in 2021 and I feel like I've had more days of feeling meaningless and feeling pointless than I had days of feeling passion and purpose and destiny. And you see Solomon, the wisest man, the man that was, that was on the, the pedestal and the man that was on the, in the hot seat of, of our scrutiny and our question, he pens the same words of meaningless, meaningless, all of life is meaningless. The man that had all the money in the world, the man that had all the women in the world, the man that had all the life experiences and the prestige, all of the vices that I could have ever wanted to experience, Solomon now says at the end of his life that it is meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And I wanna ask you, do you find yourself looking at life and going, man, this is meaningless. This life purely is meaningless. If money can't buy my happiness, then what can? If a relationship can't fulfill me, then what can? If a career and, and jobs and publicity and, and fame and fortune and all the travel in the world can't fulfill me, then what can? What's the point of it all? How do I find a point in this? And I'm going to give you two things you can do to bring profound meaning into your life. Number one, take in the awesomeness of God. Take in the awesomeness of God. Recently, a couple weeks ago, I went, and about a week and a half ago at this point, I went to New York City, and New York City is breathtaking to me. I always love to, to drive in, and you see the skyline on, on, in the horizon, and, and I even enjoyed, like this time, I went at nighttime to the Brooklyn Bridge and, and you walk far enough and you get to see all the buildings lit up in all of their glory, twinkling and shining in the night sky. And I look and I'm in wonder and the reality is man made those things. Man built those things and I'm here in awe in wonder of what man built and I have to ask myself, if man can build something that takes my breath away, how much more can God create something that takes my breath away? Sometimes we, we drive to the next thing, to the next place and we miss the mountains in the horizon. So vast, so, so tall that man can't build that. Sometimes we're, we're going from theater practice to band practice to soccer practice to a friend's house to, to another social club to a, another experience and we miss the art of a, sun, a sunset or we miss the, the beauty of a sunrise. The awe of God, the artistry of God, the magnificent and the beauty of God on display 
You want to have profoundness in your life and you want to see what the point of it is, take, take a minute and stop and go, this is God. Maybe it's not just the, the tangibility of nature. Maybe it's just the systems that God have created. I, there's a, a stray cat that somehow makes its way onto um, outside my back door every, every night. And I, I found myself just, you know, whatever left over for dinner or whatever was left over my fridge, whatever went bad, whatever I didn't want to eat anymore, just throwing it out there so they ate food. And one day it struck to me that that cat is operating under the provision of God. That here I am, that cat didn't do anything to earn it, that cat didn't do anything to deserve a meal that night, but out of what God had created, a system, what God created, he had put in my heart and purposed in my heart to toss whatever scraps of food I have left to feed that cat. And I was struck by the idea that God works in that same system for me. He leads people and lures people and uh, creates provisions in my life to provide for me. Walking in the awe of God. You want to find the point of life? You want to find meaning? Take a minute and take in the awesomeness and the wonder of God. Number two, how can you, what can you do to bring profound meaning into your life in everyday circumstances? Well, take a step with him. Jesus fulfilled all of the law and all of the rule books of the Old Testament. So it is, it is not about rules anymore with Jesus. It's about a relationship with him. It is not about moral conduct, but it is about a heart of transformation and a heart that is being pointed in a direction towards a sovereign God. You see, it's no longer about do not, but it is about who. It's not about 10 commandments, but it's about him. So you want to bring profound meaning in your life? Just take a step with him. You see, we get so caught up in the, the way of life and the path of life. We get so caught up in how I'm going to get married, what my job's going to be, what I'm going to have for dinner. We get so caught up in, in our plans and our aspirations. We get so caught up in, in having the perfect life and having all the money in the world. But Jesus isn't focused on, on the whole way. He isn't focused always on the destination, but Jesus is focused on the next step. And you see... You can find out the next step by just taking. You can find out the whole way by just taking a step. I don't know about you, but I get so anxious and so depressed because I can't figure out my whole life. The older I get, the more I realize how finite I am and how incapable I am of taking care of my own self and figuring out. I realize that you really can't plan for life. You can't plan for life. You can't figure out when you can plan all day long, but you know, sometimes things happen. Nobody could have planned for a pandemic this time last year. Nobody could plan to have a heart broken. Nobody can plan to, to go through death. Nobody can plan through going through loss. No one can plan for good in their life. Nobody can plan for bad in their life. I, I guess I recognize how finite my own ability is but yet I still exhaust myself so much just to figure out the whole way. But eventually I will find out the whole way if I just dedicate myself to a step. If I just dedicate myself to taking one step and one step with Jesus because the goal, God is not focused on the walk as we think, 
because he's not as focused on the where in our life, excuse me, he's not as focused on the where of our life as he is on the walk. You know, I, I love going for a walk. I love going for a walk and I love being able to go and walk with people. I love going and one of my favorite things at, at Lee was me and, and Jason, uh, my senior year, we would go and take a walk pretty much every night. And I loved it because it wasn't necessarily about where I'm going. At night, if I go take a walk, and at night, if I go walk with friends, it's not always about where I'm going. It's just about being with them. Maybe if I'm taking a walk by myself, it's not necessarily where I'm going, it's about being with myself. And Jesus tells us, just walk with me. He doesn't say figure it out, create the path, figure out the whole path, make sense of the path. All he says is just walk with me. It's not about where we're going, it's just about being with one another. It's not about where you're going, it's about being solely with him. Because you see in Genesis 2.9, after Adam and Eve have sinned, the first question that God had even asked humanity, has ever asked another person, is in relation to going for a walk with him. He says, Adam, where are you? Now, it's not that God had no idea where he is. It is not that God had lost man, but man had lost himself. Man had lost himself in the, the pursuit of recognition. Man had lost himself in the pursuit of acquiring all the knowledge that, of good and evil that God himself had possessed. Man had lost himself but God is asking, where are you? Because God wanted to walk with him. He didn't want Adam and Eve to, to have everything figured out and to know everything. That wasn't the point of why he made him. The reason God made Adam and Eve and the reason God made you and me is not so that we figure it out and we fulfill this grandiose purpose in life. It's because he wanted companionship. He wanted relationship. He wanted to walk with you and with me. What's the point in life? The point in life is found in the walking with God. So what's one step today you can, you can take in walking with God? I wanna challenge you, maybe that one step is being honest of where you are in life with God and with other people. You see, I don't, I don't begin to understand where every single one of us are in life right now. I don't begin to wrap my brain around understanding everything about life. The more I try to find out about life and the more I try to figure out life, the more I recognize of how finite and how incompetent and how incapable I am of doing that very thing. But there's something to be said about being honest. There's something to be said, and, and I don't know about you, but this round of COVID has kind of hit me a little bit differently. I'm not getting to walk with people the way that I expected because people are stuck inside. People are sick, people aren't feeling well. People, it is not wise to necessarily be around people right now. And in the lack of walking with people, there becomes that, that sadness and that grief and that loss and that isolation and that loneliness. 
So what can I do to walk with God today and take a step with him? It, it can be, hey, God, I'm being honest with you that I need to step with you. I need to hear from you. I need to see what you have for me. And you see, we hear and uh, we hear so often of people, and, and Miss Marlene is one of those people in, in our church that I am in wonder and in, inspired by. And she reads the Bible front to back every year and has been doing it for over 30 years, I think, at minimum. And I find myself in awe and wonder of her walk with God and, and her journey with God. And, and how did she get to that place? How did she get there? Because if I look at it right now, if I look at my circumstance and my situation, I can't walk with God and figure out my relationship with God for another day, let alone figure out how I'm going to walk with God for 30, 40, 50 more years. But I think I'd be challenged, and I think what she probably would say, or at least would insinuate, is that it's a step every day. It's a step every day. It's taking one step today with Jesus, trusting that tomorrow there's another step, and we are all leading to a journey and to a place of being eventually in the garden again, in right relationship, in the fullness of where we get to experience the holistic power and goodness and graciousness and the essence of God. And so how do we take a step? It's going, God, I'm honest with you today. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm joyous, I understand, I'm confused. I need you. I need you. And you see, when you put all these steps together, when you put yesterday's steps with today, when you put today's steps with tomorrow, eventually what you're gonna end up with is an extraordinary journey. 30 years down the line, 40 years down the line, 50, 60, 70 years down the line, a step every day is cultivating and creating an extraordinary journey with God. That's not about a destination. It's not about fulfilling a calling or a purpose, but is a life just found being with him. And here's what God does with that. Here's what God does in those moments. People will end up looking in wonder and in awe and in inspiration of you the same way we look at Miss Marlene, the same way that we look at Miss Susan, the, the same way we look at some of these, the saints of the, in the faith of, of our church and the surrounding churches and people that we see and we know and people that we don't know. And one day when we take one step with God, becomes two steps in a journey and, and people will begin to look at us in wonder and in awe and see the light and the joy and the faithfulness to God in our lives when life doesn't seem to dictate that. And it's because today we decided we were gonna take a step. One of the songs that we've sung on Wednesday nights that continue to be an anthem is, is No One Cared For Me Like Jesus. And in it, uh, the singer and the lyrics talk about that may my children tell their children. Let this be their melody. That all my years were spent and, and he was everything to me. May that be our testimony and may that be our life when we are 50, 60, 70 years. 
that when people look at us and ask us in our old age and in our gray hair and at the end of our finite being and go, what was the point of life? What's the point of all of this? Asking 25-year-old, when a 25-year-old me looks at me at 80 years old, 88 years old, whatever age God ordains, I'd be able to look back at, at that person who sits with, with in, in some ways, the weight of the world and the weight of anxiety, the weight of unknowing, the weight of everything that's going on and asking the same questions, what's the point of life? Maybe we will be able to look them in the eye and say, to look and to stare and to take in the awesomeness and the wonder of God. And number two, taking steps with him daily. What's the point of life? Not marriage, not a job, not money, not fame, not prestige, not power, not position, not the vices of this world, but to take in the all of God and to walk daily with him. So let's make that commitment today. It's hard and it's gonna take a commitment tomorrow and in 10 minutes, and in 30 more minutes. I'm just being honest. But let's take a minute and say, God, help my heart be dedicated and centered into what the point of life is. Let us pray. Jesus, we are in all of you. We are in wonder of you that you are gracious, you are merciful, that you are, no, you are no God in the sky that looks to take my breath out in, in punishment and in anger, but Jesus is the very one who had took the judgment of my life and had given me righteousness, that you look at me in love, in an unconditional grace, and you live with me in mercy. And God, I just thank you that, that my life is not about following rules and following a moral code and dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and living in perfection, but my life is about walking in step and being in relationship with you. So Jesus, give me the grace to lay aside everything. Give me the grace to lay aside the, the weight of trying to figure out life in its wholeness. Give me the grace to lay aside the weight of trying to figure everything out. But let me just be encaptured by the awesomeness and the wonder of you. And in the humility and the relationship that I get to have with you. God, use us, strengthen us. Let us see that you are the lover of our soul and that you desire us and that you have taken our ashes and you've exchanged it for beauty. We thank you for all that you're doing and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Keep up to date with us on social media, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. We will give you updates of 
things to come in this uncertain and, and unpredictable season. I can't wait to see you guys again. I can't wait to connect with you and, and be in this room together and begin to walk with one another and do life together again in 2021. So reach out to your keep group leaders, reach out to those in the youth group, reach out to one another and make sure that we're still connecting with one another and we are encouraging one another because you really don't know what others are going through. And so I just can't wait to get into the room together with one another and enjoy each other's company and presence. We'll see you soon.